All right, everyone, welcome to an impromptu episode of Devil's Army Cast. I'm sure you guys know why we are doing this episode, but first, let us introduce yourself. You got myself, James, as always. We also have Chris here. What's up, dude? And we have a special guest today, Alex Chauvancy. I think I got that right. It's um, pretty good, yeah. All right, cool. So he's a writer for the ho- uh, Hockey Writers, and he's an editor here for us at Devil's Army's blog. You've been here at Devil's Army blog for a while now. Yeah, about like five years, I think, at this point. Almost yes. exactly. So we're going to put his handle um, attached somewhere on this episode. Give him a follow on Twitter. He has a lot of great hockey insight and everything Devils related. Um, also does the other stuff in the, around the NHL um, content-wise. So make sure you do that. But without further ado, as many of you guys have probably seen, it was announced via Kevin Weeks, who works for NHL Network, that the New Jersey Devils are going to name Lindy Ruff their next head coach and remove the interim tag off Tom Fitzgerald, and he'll remain as the general manager. So before we get in great in-depth, Chris, rapid reactions. What you thinking when you read that? Uh, today was a whirlwind because when I went to work, I read that there was a leak or rumor that Laviolette was the front runner, and then yep. getting off work, all of a sudden, Lindy Ruff is basically hired. It's just not announced. Um, and the way this has been going for like basically the past month, I still don't even know if this is, you know, a hundred percent. It seems like it will be, yeah, otherwise we wouldn't so. be doing this. Um, but yeah, I mean, my main concern would just be, uh, we'll, we'll get into it, but I'm, I'm kind of mixed on it. I'm, I'm not upset, but I'm not overly enthusiastic about it either. Gotcha. Yeah. And to add to what you were saying about the whirlwind, um, that report was from NH. Alex, what's his name on Twitter? You know who I'm talking uh, about? NHL Rumors Daily, I think. Yeah, right? he's he's always does a really good job. Um, yeah. You can't be right 100% of the time, but he's the one that reported that seemed LaViolette was the front runner and rough. It was just all a big smoke screen, but now we see how that went. But it was funny, like you were saying, how early you were thinking that. Me and Alex were talking earlier, um, going back and forth about LaViolette, and we were making it sound like we thought LaViolette was the guy. Right, Alex? Yeah, I mean, I just kind of seemed like that was where it was heading even a couple of weeks ago when um, Darren Dreger said that he was the front runner. Mm-hmm. But I guess, you know, things here, I don't know, last minute, 11th hour kind of thing, things just kind of broke down. And, uh, you know, I don't know what went into it, but they ended up with Lindy Ruff as their next head coach. And uh, I guess we'll just see where the team goes from there. But it was definitely a bit of a surprise to see that Ruff was announced as head coach uh, when it happened. I think it would have been a surprise anytime it happened, to be honest. Yeah, no, I totally agree there. And that insider uh, trading Dreger did report, like you said, LaViolette was a front runner there um, for a little bit. And this was a couple weeks back. And then Elliot Freeman came back like a week after that report and said that Lindy Ruff really has a real shot at the job. And everyone was like, oh, wow, look at that. And then the reports came out today and everyone was like, oh, maybe he's wrong. And he ended up being correct. So to recap this search, the finalists were reported as Elaine Nazardine, Gerard Glant, Pierre Laviolette, John Stevens, Lindy Ruff, and Rickard Gronberg was also rumored. Um, I believe it was Chris Johnston over at the Sportsnet confirmed that the Devils had interest in him. But as we talked about on not last week's uh, last week's podcast, as it was just dropped a couple days ago, but 
Gronberg re-upped his contract through 2023 with his club over in Switzerland. So um, that's what ended up with Gronberg. And as we know, out of those candidates, it seems as Ruff is the guy. So I'll give you a little background on Ruff real quick before we jump in more in depth. So he started his head coaching career out in Buffalo. He was a coach there for a long time, 15 years from 97 to 2012. Over these 15 years, he had eight playoff appearances, and a few of them were deep runs. He reached the Stanley Cup once all the way back in the 98-99 season. They ultimately lost. I forget who they lost to. Maybe They lost to the Stars in the finals. Brett Hull scored that goal in the crease, and it was controversial. Oh, yeah, we discussed it. It took like 30 like minutes or something episode, before right? they like awarded the cup or something, I think. Jeez. Because they were trying right. to figure out. It was like a rule that got changed, and they didn't know like what to do. And the league had to like send out send out a memo about it, too. It was crazy. Imagine if that happened in uh, the Twitter Twitter time oh, of the yeah. world. Like these oh, days, goodness. Twitter would have a <laughs> field day. But all right, moving on. So after he coached in Buffalo, he was let go and he moved to the stars from 2013 to 2017. And this is where most of our discussion tonight is going to circle around is this time in Dallas, um, across these, what was it? Four years. He had two 40 win seasons, a 50 win season. And the team went to the second round of playoffs where they lost after these, this four season run, he was fired. And in 2017 was hired by the New York Rangers and interestingly enough, he worked on the defensive side of things. He was responsible for defense and PK. Isn't that correct, Alex? Yeah. Okay. So I pulled some numbers here. Before we jump in his time with Dallas, uh, Alex has some great facts and insight for you there. I'm going to talk about his time with the Rangers. Um, so like I said, since 2017, I went back and pulled his fancy defensive metrics. I pulled the Corsi against per 60 which was at 61.38, which is a really high number, and as was evident by the 30th ranking in the league. His expected goal against per 60, the Rangers across his time, was 2.58, which was also 30th. High danger Corsi against per 60 was 30th as well, and I also pulled their penalty kill numbers. 2017-18, it was 12th. 2018-19, it was 27th. And 2019-20, it was 23rd. So to say the least, his time in New York as the defensive coach and the PK coach did not go well. Alex, do you have any more information you want to add here for his time specifically in New York over these past couple of years? Uh, no, I mean, you pretty much covered it. Um, the defense hasn't been good. And one, I think that first season came under um, Elaine Vigneault and then the last two seasons with David Quinn. Um, I mean, Vigneault's Rangers teams were not great defensively either, um, but they've been even worse with Quinn. Uh, I don't know how much of that falls on Ruff. I'm sure, I mean, obviously he gets some of the blame because he's the one mm-hmm. running the defense in the PK. But... Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's been really, really bad with the Rangers. Uh, I mean, on the flip side, uh, defenseman like Tony D'Angelo, uh, you know, the, he kind of took a step forward on the rough, but then Jacob Truba really struggled this year yeah, in his did. first season with the Rangers. And People don't talk about that enough. <laughs> yeah, no, he, he really didn't have a great season. And then Brady Shea kind of, like, regressed, and they ended up trading him trading. to Carolina. So... Um, you know, the results there have been, I guess, mixed when you talk about individual defensemen. But as a team, their team defense is just a complete train wreck. What about Adam Fox, though? Uh, Adam Fox is great. That's right. I forgot about him. Yeah, oh, I mean, Adam Fox. Point, Chris. 
Yeah. Game, Adam game Fox should be game. top. Yeah, he should be top three. In the, he would be in my top three for the Calder. Adam Fox is terrific this year. So, um, His yeah, fancy that's, charts that's are point. amazing for a young yeah, no, kid. He's, he's really, really – he had a really, really ridiculous season. He played soft minutes, sort of. They didn't really give him hard competition. But, yeah, I mean, he handled those minutes just about as well as you could have. All right, yes. that's probably the only time you will ever hear us praise the Rangers. Hopefully, never again. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so that's all we're going to talk about the Rangers. Enough of them this episode. Um, we're going to move to his time in Dallas, Ruff's time as the head coach there. I know, Alex, you wrote an article for the Hockey Writers. Um, if you guys haven't, make sure you guys check it out. A really good article. But now, can you give us a gist of what you wrote about, specifically about Ruff's time in Dallas and the numbers you put up there and what uh, Devils fans should expect out of Ruff? Yeah, so um, I was actually a little bit surprised. Well, I first wrote about it a couple of weeks ago when uh, I think it was Friedman said that he had serious, you know, he was a serious contender for the job. And when I started looking at his numbers, I was kind of surprised to find that they actually weren't really that bad. Um, so from his four year stint from 2013 to 2017, he the Stars had the best eighth or eighth best uh, Corsi share. Um, 10th best expected goal share and then they were the fastest paced team in the NHL under him so um, for anyone that kind of like just got tired and frustrated of Heinz's really slow paced system I mean this yeah, is going to be yeah I think that's be, everyone here yeah I mean forget here I think on Twitter just yeah. saw fan base <laughs> Smashville uh, yeah um, yeah even maybe I don't know how he's doing in Smashville but not good uh, his numbers are not good there either um what was I gonna say? Yeah. So if you were uh, if you were a Devils fan who was looking for this team to just kind of play more offensive, attacking, fast-paced style of hockey, you're gonna get that with Lindy Ruff. Uh, but at the same time, those you know concerns you may have had defensively with the team beforehand, I, I don't think hiring Lindy Ruff is really gonna ease those concerns for you, especially if you look at what he did with the Rangers um, and even with the Stars. Their defense wasn't great. Um, it was better than it was with the, the Rangers, but it still wasn't great. So um, I don't know. I guess it's you have to kind of like if it's tough to say if you really want the offensive hockey, there's fans who want that. You're going to get that. But the defensive stuff, I've, they're going to have to fire or hire a really good assistant to kind of lead the defense and penalty kill for him because what he did with the Rangers is just it's not yeah. doesn't inspire any confidence. Yeah, so I took a uh, deeper dive into his numbers with Dallas defensively because, as you said, his offensive numbers were pretty good and one of the better in the league. And the way his style is, is going to fit the Devils' young roster. We'll talk more about this in a minute. But for his numbers defensively, I pulled the Corsi against per 60, which ranked 24th from thir- uh, 2013 to 2017, which was yep. the span there. Expected goals against are 25th. So those two numbers... They're not great. Um, they're a lot better than they were in New York, of course. But yeah, they're they're not nothing spectacular. And by by no means do I think the defense under Ruff is going to be as bad as it was under Nazardine. I don't think that's possible. If it is, that's a major problem because as we've talked about numerous times on this podcast, Elaine Nazardine's defensive. Devils, offensive Devils, everything about the Devil last year under Nazardine weren't good. But I also looked into who the goalies were um, when Ruff was in Dallas that were playing behind this defense. Kerry Lettinen was there for the most part of it. And Lettinen 
wasn't the greatest of netminders, correct? Am I right by saying that? Doesn't he have like a career 908 save per, or like 905 save percentage? So that's the low below average. Would you guys agree there? Uh, yeah, it's just uh, I'd say so. I think I'm pretty sure Letton was like on the downside of his career too when he was with Dallas. You know, he his best years were already behind him. That turned yeah. into like a one A or at least B in, rotation, in, in Ruff's uh, yeah in Ruff's four years. Let's see what did he have. So he had a nine eleven or no, that's not right. So in his four years I, under Lindy Ruff, yeah, he had a nine oh eight save percentage. Uh, he had Dallas. some injury issues too, I think. Though. Yeah, that yeah, too. He, he struggled staying healthy. Yeah. And also, Anthony Niemi was there for a large part, and this is when Niemi was on the back end of his career after his time with San Jose as well. And, and Chicago too, yeah. Yeah, Jonas Enroth and Anders Lindback was also there for a short period of time. So these no, netminders he had there were not great per se. The reason I bring this up is because Mackenzie Blackwood is going to need to be his normal self under rough. He's going to get a lot of work, it seems like. And to build on this, another thing is Devil's number two goaltender. Um, we've talked this, about this numerous times on here. It needs to be figured out, and it needs to be figured out in the right way because they're going to need a number two guy if Ruff's team performs like it has in the past. So I think getting the solid number two is that much more important. I don't know if you guys agree here or not. but Yeah, if Blackwood's going to see more shots every game, he's going to get worn out faster. And, um, I mean, you, you don't want to put like too much stress on a player who's developing. Uh, granted, Blackwood's development is basically almost over, but this would be the first season where he is the guy. He is the starter. Um, so it's a, it's a lot to kind of throw at him his first year. Uh, but you definitely got to address the back part of it as well. Yeah, so and we've talked about candidates there that could fill that role. There's a lot of candidates out there. Alex, what are a couple couple names off your head? I know you've done a, a extensive research into this. Yeah, so uh, I think the one name a lot of Devils fans should be watching for this offseason whenever free agency begins is uh, Cam Talbot. Uh, mm-hmm. I remember right, they tried to trade for him last summer, I think. I think I remember for his, rumors. For his yeah. rights. I think David Pagnotta of the fourth period originally broke that news. Yeah. Um, so I think that's Grice one thing you got to watch. As well. Thomas Grice is a little... I'm not so sure. Um, he's a tough one because if you look at his numbers before Barry Trotz was hired, they were pretty bad with the Islanders. Not great, then, yeah. Yeah, Trotz comes in there and he installs the system and he brings Mitch Korn with him, who's like the greatest goaltending coach ever, or one of the greatest uh-huh. goaltending coaches ever. So, uh, There's a few Grice, more names I wouldn't be... Uh, Grice would definitely be someone I'd have to uh, do a little more research on, but I wouldn't be yeah. too hot on him. I think Corey Crawford's also a free agent. He'd be kind Is of interesting. Really? Yeah, yeah but he's got those concussion issues yeah if that's the thing if his health doesn't check out um then yeah you, you can't go for him but he'd be interesting uh signing as um as a backup and then obviously there's robin leonard but i don't think the devil's he's gonna cost yeah, too I, much money i don't yeah, think yeah we've do talked it. about that a lot how uh leonard the money would be better spent elsewhere leonard's probably gonna want more of a starter role and max the number one here so i don't know yeah. if that would work out per se but yeah so off on a little tangent there but um did Number two behind Blackwood's going to need to be solid this year if uh, McKenzie's being exposed to all the shot attempts against and shots against that uh, Ross teams usually are. So now we threw all this information at you guys, um, the numbers in Dallas, the numbers in New York, how Ruff seems to be solid offensively. He, his teams are 
decent offensively. What, what's your final opinion here? Do you guys have a final opinion? Yeah. You still digesting it. What, what do you think he's going to fit here? Um, Chris, you want to speak first on this? Yeah. So I'm, I'm still kind of, I, I, I know who rough is. We, he's been around the league a long time. I, I know he coached in Buffalo and, and Dallas and everything. Um, just kind of refreshing myself on, um, more recent information about him that I don't know. Uh, and I found the one article I'll, I'll mention. It's from fan sided. They, I think it's an older article they kind of just mentioned what Ruff did before he was fired how he kind of turned Dallas around uh, it says he joined in 2013 stars were a mess um, I don't know if that sounds like any other team you can think of um, they missed the Stanley Cup playoff for five straight seasons had no legitimate claim as a contender uh, in his first year behind the bench stars put up 91 points earned a final wild card spot uh, gave Anaheim all they had in a six game series fell 4-2 um I mean, if he could have that kind of turnaround with us here, that's that'd be great. It's just the main concern is that defensive side uh, of his system. So, yeah, one hundred percent. And I, as we talked about briefly before, how the Devils' roster is built with these young guys to go fast and to play an up-tempo game. And this is the game that Alex said that the fans have been dying to see. And I think we're going to finally get a taste of that. And it might come at a cost of the defense. But like I said, I don't think the defense is going to be as bad as it was this year in the past couple of years under Hines. I'm, I'm hoping it's not. But I, I guess we'll just wait and see. Um, Mackenzie Blackwood's going to have his work cut out for him. But like we've seen, it seems like he could handle it. And again, talking about how they really do need to get a solid number two netminder with this recent news. But Alex, any more thoughts here on uh, the head coach and how you think he's going to fit in? Yeah, so like obviously anyone or wanted, you know, Gallant or um Laviolette, but I don't think this rough hire is as bad as some people are making out out to be on people Twitter. People on I Twitter think. love making things out much worse than it yeah, needs to be. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's that couldn't be more true. Um yeah, I don't it's like it's just an inoffensive hire to me. Like it's not terrible. It's obviously not great either, but um I mean uh, their offense should be pretty fun to watch. Um if they get the goaltending, yeah, no, it's going to be a big change. I think he'll be good for players like Jack and Nico and Jesper. Um you know, guys who can really push the pace on offense. Um, I'm sure Kyle Palmieri will benefit from him. He'll probably be able to put 30 goals up consistently. First time um, the man. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you take it for what it is. I, the way I look at it is it's, you know, I don't see this being a thing where Ruff is the, the coach for the Devils for, like, the next, you know, five I mean, to seven years. He's old, right? He's getting up there in yeah, age. He's, he, Sorry, he's not in old. his 60s. Okay, he's, he's in, in his 60s. 60s. That's not old. In hockey yeah. years, it's old. <laughs> um, yeah, so he's in his – I don't see this, this kind of thing where he's, you know, like in Buffalo where he's the coach here for, like, 16 years. I would um, hope not. And what did you say in your tweet earlier today about Gromberg being up in yeah, 2023, new, right? <laughs> yeah, he extended his deal to 2023, and we all know – NRD or NHL Rumors Daily also reported that Devils went hard after Gronberg, but yep. he couldn't, you know, they couldn't exercise his out clause. So it could be one of those to. things where, you know, Ruff is the coach for like maybe three years. And if it doesn't work out, you just go hard after Gronberg again in three years, which is really not that much time hockey wise. Yeah. So, and I think the team, honestly, you know, I'd be really surprised if Lindy Ruff got them to be Stanley Cup contenders, but I think he'll make them more competitive and, you know, at least they'll be fun to watch. Um, I don't think this is a hire where 
you're going to say to yourself, well, I think the Devils are going to probably take a step back from what they were previously. I, I, I don't see I don't that happening. It, it'd be hard to take a step back, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah, but no, um, like, um, it could it, it'd be like, pretty sad. I get what you're saying, though. I get what yeah, you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying. So, mm-hmm. like, I don't think they can get worse than the, they are right now on the rough. Yeah. I mean, he's been around for so long that you know, I think yeah. he'll get them to be better. He, he'll Which make is a good thing. Him being yeah, around course. so long, I, people may like, oh, he's past his age, past his prime coaching, but Devils have a, a lot of young players on this roster. Rough scene at all, that's going to help. I mean, like Chris was mentioned before, he took a Dallas team that was missed a playoff in however many years, and he brought them to a playoff and pretty successful run. Now, granted, that Dallas team had a lot more talent on it. I believe Tyler Sagan was brought over during his reign, yeah, Jamie Benn there. Ben, you, you know, developed. all the players that were there, but I mean, he turned them around, which is great to see. And Alex, I want to go back to a tweet I saw earlier, and I totally agreed with how you explained when in the little depth about possibly bringing Elaine Nazardine back to serve in a PK role. Can you talk more about that? Yeah, so it's, it's I know fans like to rag on Naz for the Devils defense on their Hines, but I mean, part of that also could be just listen, John Hines was like, listen, this is what, how we want to play defensively. So Naz is just kind of maybe like following orders. But uh, even if you were, the penalty kill was great under Nazardine for how was it four years five years including this one I think uh, mm-hmm. they were top five top ten every year under Nazardine um, you know it might be tough uh, for him because he just he's been here for so long and they turned him down for the job he might be like just screw it I'm, I'm going I'll take my chances going somewhere else but yeah. if he's interested in staying on board as an assistant I would just keep him on as the defensive assistant and running the PK too because the, the results were not terrible under him I, and they have to get a an assistant who can run the defense well on their rough or otherwise you know yeah that's gonna, gonna be, be some a, problems yeah that's gonna be a big uh big requirement there and i'll be interested to see what the route go uh, the devils go that route who they retain who they let go and who they ultimately replace these guys with so do we have any final thoughts about the head coaching change overall i actually before we give our final thoughts i want to hear go around and get your guys rankings of the between Nas, Gallant, Laviolette, Stevens, and Ruff. How'd you have these guys ranked? Uh, one through one, two, three, four, five. Uh, Chris, how'd you have them ranked? So I, before I had, this hiring, yeah, I had Gallant first, uh, Laviolette second. Um, Ruff kind of was a late addition, so for the longest time, it was just basically Gallant one, Laviolette two, uh, Stevens three, and um, Nas, Nas you know, last. Um, Ruff being thrown in the mix, I, I kind of had him maybe above Stevens at three or right below him. Um, yeah. I just thought Nas, it, I wasn't comfortable with Nas getting handed the keys. That That's yeah. all that was. It was nothing against Nas. Nas has done a great job in his assistant role, uh, defensively at least, with what he had to work with, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, he never, he never approached the one or two spot for me. He was either like three or four when yeah. it came to rough. I totally agree there. I have a list very similar to yours. I had Gallant one, um, Laviolette two, and then Stevens rough three, four. I gave rough a slight edge just because Stevens was more unknown. And then I had Naz behind. I want to stress to you guys, the listeners that rough, and I think you two will agree with me is a better candidate than Naz and a better, I guess you could say candidate than Heinz. Heinz's numbers in Nashville weren't good, and Heinz's numbers in New Jersey weren't good. But uh, I would say did so. you have? Yeah, you guys agree, Alex? Do you agree with that assumption too about Russ being better than uh, Heinz and Nas? Uh, yeah, I think 
a part of it too is that the Devils are not going to go with a first-time head coach again, and that's really what Nazardine would have been, you know, despite uh-huh. him being the interim coach here for like the second half of the season. Um, I that's think they wanted, point. yeah, I think they wanted someone established, which is why you saw like Gerard Gallant and Peter Laviolette in the running. Uh, the only like new guy they really interviewed was Ricard Gronberg, but he has a ton of head coaching experience in Europe, so it's it just more, yeah, I guess a first-time NHL head coach. Um, yeah. As for my ranking, I. I'm gonna just throw Bruce Boudreaux in there because I thought I totally he should have been. About that, yeah. yeah, he should have been part of the search. And as far as we know, they didn't interview him. Uh-huh. Uh, so I would have probably had him one, Gallant two, uh, Gronberg three, Laviolette four, and then Lindy Ruff fifth. So yeah, I, I agree with you there. If I was thinking Boudreaux and uh, Gronberg two, Boudreaux would be up there in the top two, and Gronberg would be right up there as well. But um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Chris, I'm sure you agree as well. Yeah, but. I basically excluded Gromberg because he, he got excluded yeah. basically like two or three weeks ago when yeah. he resigned or they announced he, they weren't letting him go. So, All right, so I think we covered everything regarding the new head coaching hire. You guys have any final thoughts or are you all good? I want to move on and talk a little bit about the uh, Fitzgerald GM confirmation. You guys good yeah, with think, head coaching? Uh, yeah, I'm good with Lindy Ruff. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, the Devils have always struggled offensively in the past couple of years, in my opinion, especially before this influx of talent. Um, yeah. So this should hopefully finally move that in the right direction. Yeah, people forget that the Devils offensive problems are almost just as bad as their defensive problems. They haven't scored the puck in however many years, but yeah, it's right. pretty bad. Yeah, we'll move on now to the general manager. As I mentioned before, Tom Fitzgerald got the tag officially taken off, and I think we kind of saw this coming. There hasn't really been a forefront candidate besides Fitzgerald. I think they did mention Mike Gillies a couple times, the Toronto assistant GM. What's he work with as uh, no, he right was, now? He was – well, he's been uh, – uh, he hasn't been uh, in a job for a while, I think. Since oh, really? The Canucks, yeah, the Canucks – Yeah, I think the last yeah, time the Toronto guy they were talking about. Is that, Lawrence Gilman. Oh, okay. Yeah, so Gillis was a Canucks GM for a long time. He built like a Western Conference powerhouse around the Sedins. And they interviewed him. Gillis is like really the only person we kind of know they interviewed for GM. Yeah. Uh, that was like back before we even got locked down because of COVID. So, um, yeah, he was like the top interview, but I, I know he was not interested in being a GM. He would want like a role as president of hockey operations. So, okay. Yeah, so. I don't think we're necessarily surprised with the news of Fitzgerald. I, I think he earned it, too. We saw a couple trades he made. That Coleman trade, I know a lot of people were sad to see Coleman go, but they, he got a haul for him. They got that first-round pick and also Absolutely. got um, – a lot of people forget that foot kid. He's a great forward prospect. He's yeah, one of Cal the devil's foot. best prospects, right, Alex? Yeah, it was a Nolan, Nolan foot. foot. Yeah, Nolan yeah foot. Cal's yeah. his brother. I got, him, I got him mixed up. Yeah, Cal's, Cal's yeah. still Sense in Tampa. Bit, I think, right? Yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah I, I got their names mixed up. Yeah, he's one of the top prospects in the system now. Right? Yeah, um, I don't remember when Corey Promen published this at the Athletic. Maybe it was in his mid-season rankings, but or maybe preseason rankings for this year. But Nolan Foot was like, I think his he was in the top fifty like overall prospects uh, in the league this year. So I think he's probably like. What juniors team was he on? Kelowna, they were he was, pretty good. He was too, the Kelowna sure. Rockets in the WHL, but yeah. he got injured at the World Juniors. And he yeah. didn't really play like the second half of the season. So, you think gotcha. he's going to yeah. play first spot in camp, or is he going to go back to Kelowna? 
Uh, no, he's uh, Tampa had already signed him to his ELC, and he's old oh, enough so where he can a, play in Binghamton, Binghamton. So yeah, he'd probably start off in Binghamton unless he like really impresses during camp. camp. But yeah, he's yeah, probably like uh, he's definitely one of the Devils' top five prospects, and even probably like top three, you know, behind mm-hmm. Ty Smith. And I guess I guess if you still consider Jesper Bolquist a proc prospect, he'd probably be behind those two guys. Yep. Um, another trade that Fitzgerald made was that landing a second round pick for Andy Green. <laughs> like, how'd that happen? But no, that's another solid. Uncle, yeah, Uncle, Uncle Lou yeah, showing some love. <laughs> but no, Fitzgerald made a lot of moves since coming on. Um, he handled the deadline right and not trading Paul Mary, even though he scared the hell out of all of us for a second there, and we thought he was getting moved. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how he approaches this off season with a lot of cap room as well as three first-round picks, hopefully, depending on – or not hopefully. It depends how you guys view those three first-round picks, how you want the conditions to go. But just again, I don't think we're surprised about this Fitzgerald hire, and I think he deserved it. Do you guys agree here? Yeah, I've been a big proponent that uh, Fitzgerald kind of deserved the uh, job in my mind. I've, I've always wanted them to stick with him, even when they were doing all these interviews with different candidates. Um, I thought just the moves he made were – incredible even though they did uh kind of send some players that were uh very important to us fans but it's crazy the return he got and he's kind of set the the devils up well for the future so alex um thoughts on that's yeah i'm in the same boat i mean i guess you kind of figured it that once like these names started coming out for the head coaching search that you know it seemed like a good bet that Fitzgerald was going to be the permanent GM just the way he was conducting himself uh, with the search and even some of the stuff he said you know at the trade deadline he wants to build a team that's like similar in age to Jack Hughes and Nico Heischer which is the right way it's how they should build the team Um, so yeah I'm not really surprised by it Uh, at one point I thought the longer this was going to go on the less likely it would be but yeah that, that was pretty stupid take on my part so yeah i'm not surprised by it and i think he deserved it too so now if i remember right i don't know how long ago it was a report came out about fitzgerald how he wanted to build a blue line and what he said you were in disagreement with and i i don't know if i'm quoting you right but i think i remember you saying that you're not so sold on fitzgerald now because of the comments am i saying that right i forget yeah i was just a little concerned uh, about what he said because mm-hmm. he emphasized that like devil's blue blue line needs size which i don't really disagree with I, mean, I I think they could use some guys who play with a little bit of a bite on their uh, on the blue line, but yeah, um, that comes the risk. Like if you're getting a, like a a guy who's like six five, two hundred twenty pounds, but he can't skate or complete a pass, it's really just like you might as well not do anything. So yeah, I was just a little concerned with that. Um, if he goes and grabs some guys who are like six two, six three, like two twenty, but Gudis. yeah, Gudis is actually not a bad defenseman. He I know isn't, um, and I want all the Gudis. <laughs> There's also, um, I don't know what's going to happen with the Tampa Bay Lightning, but they're going to have some cap trouble. Serenic? This, yeah, Cernak. I don't know. Serenic. I don't know how you. I think it's Eric Cernak. I, I think it's Chernak. Yeah, Chernak. Yeah, I think. Look, yeah, I think Chris, Chris is coming in. <laughs> yeah, Chris is right. I think. I'm pretty oh, yeah. sure it's. Yeah. It's where the I'm hockey sure lingo comes in, lads. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure it's Chernak. And uh, he's kind of underrated. He's pretty good. Uh, he's pretty mobile puck mover. And uh, he's like 6'4, 230. So that would be oh, the kind of guy. That's size there, huh? Yeah, I think that's the kind of guy Fitzgerald would really love to have. And I'm not sure yeah. if Tampa can fit him because they have to re sign Sergachev and Anthony Sorelli. Yeah, that's Sorelli. a whole. 
with the cap staying the same, that's a whole different conversation we could have about um, how the Devils are positioned well and teams are going to have to worry about that. But it comes down to on a totally different kind of totally different topic, how the coach can only do so much. And it really depends on how the players play for him. And now this turns to Fitzgerald on getting the right guys in there to support the guys that are already here, what he's going to do with free agency and stuff. And also, who else Fitzgerald's going to bring in in the hockey arts department and scouting? The Devils have some question around scouts, um, something with contracts or who they're going to bring in. Alex, I know more. Uh, you know a lot more of this stuff than I do. What's going on with the scouting? Uh, are they so looking I don't to bring people in or – they're gonna I'm pretty sure they're gonna bring in other front office people. I'm not sure if that means there's gonna be changes to the scouting department. Okay. Uh, I actually don't really think the devil's scouting department's all that terrible. They have a pretty good prospect pool. Um, mm-hmm. so if they decide to stand pat with Paul Castron and Gates Orlando, you know, that's fine. Uh, but yeah, I think they'll bring in some front office guys. I mean we've seen some prominent like assistant general managers and scouts that have been let go. Um, recently, uh, I know the name that a lot of people are clamoring for is Judd Brackett, who is the, the Vancouver, Vancouver Canucks. Guy, right? Yeah, yeah, Vancouver Canucks director of scouting. Uh, he had a falling out with management there, so they didn't renew his contract. So is he, he someone who would want to take the same position though somewhere else, or do you think he's looking for like a, a step up? I think he'd probably be looking for a step up. So what's happening here, I think, with the Devils is if Tom Fitzgerald is the GM, that means it's, I would think Dan McKinnon is going to get promoted to Tom Fitzgerald's spot, which means someone will have to fill in McKinnon's spot. I know it sounds a little confusing. What McKinnon serve as? McKinnon was the second AGM to Fitzgerald. and uh, Okay. So he'll probably uh, come serve as like the Binghamton GM because that's what Fitzgerald was. Fitzgerald was that's, assistant GM to... What uh, I think Shiro McKinnon and Binghamton. Yeah, I, I think that's what McKinnon will end up doing, and he'll mm-hmm. he uh, McKinnon. I remember Rachel Dory spoke really high, highly. Uh, forgive me if I butchered her name, but um, she spoke really high, highly of McKinnon and the Devils front office after Cheryl got fired on one of her podcasts, and yeah. he played a big part of integrating uh, their analytics department. So yeah, that's I think something I want to discuss here in a second. Go ahead. Yeah, I think that's. Uh, I think that would be a pretty good promotion. And then I think where Judd Brackett could fit in is in that uh, other GM role that McKinnon previously held. Okay. Um, it would give him – I'm sure they would have him oversee some draft stuff, but it would also give him, like, a leg up. It's obviously a promotion from what he had before, and he'd be able to get involved in some more front office stuff like contract negotiations and, you know, free agent stuff. Um, a couple other names I think that out there that Devils will look at are Mike Fuda, who was the Los Angeles. Kings. This is journal. That would be amazing. The Kings. He was the Kings. Over there is crazy. Yeah, he was the Kings AGM. Yeah, they're loaded. And he played a big part in building up that prospect pool, which you guys said is ridiculous. And then another guy is Rick Dudley, who I could see. He was the Carolina Hurricanes, like a VP of hockey operations for the last like three years. He's a big analytics guy. Yeah, Hurricanes love their their uh, analytics. You go look at who's the best, like Corsi teams and all that. Canes are always at the top of the list, it seems like, for every past couple of years. So go ahead. Keep going what you're talking uh, yeah, so those are. Area. I'm just wrapping it up. I think those are three guys that uh, they could potentially look to add to the front office to kind of help Fitzgerald out. And I wouldn't rule out a president of hockey operations either. Uh, yeah. 
I guess Mike Gillis would be a candidate for that, but I know Corey Massasek of The Athletic has been talking about maybe Marty Brodeur getting that role at some point. I don't know if it's yeah, something that would happen it. now, but yeah. um, I wouldn't rule out uh, President of Hockey Operations coming into the fold either. So what I wanted to say about analytics there when I interrupted you before is the rumor going around when Shara was let go is supposedly he didn't see eye to eye with management analytically. Is that correct? Is that what yeah, the rumor was, was going around? Yeah, and I think even Elliot Friedman kind of confirmed that in one of his 31 thoughts. Uh, oh, really? Well, yeah, I think he's, I'd have to go back and look it up, but I'm, it's, I'm pretty sure that was a legit reason why Cheryl was let go. I think Chris Ryan also said something in the Star-Ledger, so it's, it's definitely confirmed. So with that in mind, um, I'm guessing if Fitz got the job, he's more open-minded about these things. Devils have a pretty good analytic guy in that department, correct, Alex? What's his name again? Yeah, they got two, actually, uh, Tyler Dello and Matt Kane, And they're both highly respected individuals in the analytical hockey field, correct? Yeah. I think that's how I remember seeing when they got hired. Yeah, yeah. So with this all in mind, and you said maybe the Devils are looking for a hockey ops guy or, of course, they're looking for another VP, I, I would think they would have to go someone with an analytical background here to fit that mold of what they want to do, don't you think? Yeah, I would think so. That's why I don't know uh, much about like Mike Fuda, uh, you know, how it comes to analytics with him. But uh, from what I understand, I think the Kings are pretty, uh, they have pretty decent analytics organization now. They're doing now. something right. <laughs> yeah. Um, the guy, if they're going to try to bring in an analytics mind. I think Rick Dudley would be a really good fit for them. Uh, the only thing is he's 71 years old, so I'm not oh, so boy. sure. 71 year old and he's all about the analytics? Usually those yeah, older no, hockey guys are all about you, the yeah, so apparently no, you, don't, you don't see that too often. I know no. Judd Brackett's a really progressive mind. Apparently that was a, he used a lot of different uh i wouldn't i'm not necessarily sure he used analytics and scouting but i know he has a progressive uh thought about how to build a hockey team so that'd be something that they would consider too i think gotcha yeah no all good stuff boys um you have anything else you want to add whether it be with the head coaching change the gm change or anything you guys want to discuss before we wrap it up here uh I think I would just tell Devils fans to I know that nobody's really happy with Lindy Ruff, but just let's let them play some games under Ruff and see how it goes before just ripping it, you know, apart. You know? So I just just be patient a little bit. That's yeah, all I can say it, on that. Also, let Fitzgerald fill out the roster. Let the Devils make the other exactly. hires up yeah, top. Yeah, I agree to there, do. too. The Very good coach. defensive pool in free agency this year. Yeah. The head coach um, can only do so much, as I said before. It's more about the players, how they play, as well as what Fitzgerald brings in talent-wise. And the Devils roster, they need to play fast, up-tempo with these young guys. Rough system is going to mirror that. Maybe not so much so what they need defensively, but once again, it comes down to the players. Um, Chris, you have anything you want to add here? I mean, uh, time of possession is going to impact not just the offensive side of the game, but the defensive side. So if he can have a, a high-tempo offense where we spend the majority of the time in the offensive zone, that alone helps out the defensive side. So if they can just figure out those shortcomings when they need to play defense, uh, it, it could be it could be good. Um, I initially was kind of on edge when I heard the news that Ruff was hired, but the more I've kind of looked into it and looked into him, I'm, I'm more wanting to see what we do in free agency and how the season's going to start off with the new system and everything. 
Yeah, I agree. And like Alex said before, a lot of people are really overacting to this news. I would recommend doing some more research on it. And you'll find out that I don't think Roth is as bad as a hire as everyone thinks. It's definitely not an exciting hire when you have names out there like Gallant and Gromberg and Boudreaux. But I don't think it's as bad as everyone makes it out to seem. I mean, Ruff wanted Jack Adams. It may have been forever ago in 05, 06, but he won't. (laughs) But... All right. Good stuff, boys. Alex, I want to thank you for coming on on short notice. Um, a lot of great yeah. insight out of you, yeah. as always. Thank you, man. And yeah, we'll thanks for having your, me on. Yeah, of course. Anytime. Um, when the draft gets closer, for you guys that don't know, Alex does great work on prospects. He's been studying them uh, as, as much as he can. So when the draft comes closer, we'll definitely try to have you back on. Um, we'll throw your Twitter handle somewhere in the uh somewhere in the episode so everyone make sure to go check out what he's doing on his twitter account as well for the hockey writers in regards to the what our game plan as a podcast is definitely expect an episode from us whether it should be on this upcoming monday correct chris that's where, where i'm yeah for. we should we should still be on track for a monday release okay. we had some technical difficulties with our last episode we no, had to sort good. out but all good as long as the people are getting the episodes that's all that matters but once again devils fans take a breath it'll be all okay it'll work out um alex thanks for coming on and any last words from anybody nothing good on my end let's go devils all right talk to you guys soon (laughs) take care later